welcome back to the Chuck and Shoop show. I know you guys are so thrilled to be with us today. How are you feeling today, Chuck? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm ready to get after it. Um, pretty stressful week one already, but honestly, football's back, so got to take care of the positives. Think about the positives. Lots to talk about from week one of the NFL. Insane week. Lots of just bad football, to be honest. Oh, the uh, probably like but, m- the worst week one for you. Yeah. Shout out to the East Coast for giving us the worst possible weather for this yeah. week one slate. And we're talking we're talking Sunday and Monday for that for that matter. So we'll cover everything. We'll we'll cover the big injury news. We'll cover which teams overperformed, underperformed, who we think will bounce back. We'll go over a little bit of college football, but we even have to say it. How do we start this off? Dubs and L's. Let's get it going. Dubs and L's, baby. My W for week two of the NFL season is going to someone who I might have honestly given a W to before. I can't remember if I did, but he deserves it this time. I'm going to give it to Joe Buck because okay, for some reason, over so over the last five, six, seven years, I think Joe Buck has been one of the best play-by-play guys in all of sports. But he has this reputation from his earlier days, which he was very monotone and just not a very exciting announcer, a very predictable announcer. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that he has completely changed his style and he's listened to his cr- critics and he's developed and he's made himself into one of the better guys. I mean, he now actually sounds excited when exciting shit happens. Yeah, I, don't about time. The, I don't know if you saw that Garrett Wilson catch that tied the game, which that catch was absolutely fa- phenomenal. What was even more phenomenal was the call. I'm going to play it real quick. Yeah. Garrett Wilson. I think that's wow. the most excited wow. I've ever heard him. Wow. Like, I mean, I don't know if I'm more impressed with Joe Buck for showing that much motion or Garrett Wilson for doing something so spectacular to make Joe Buck show that emotion. But I'm here, if no one else is going to do it, to give credit where credit is due and let people know that Joe Buck is not Gus Johnson ain't calling football games anymore. He might be the best NFL play-by-play guy out there, period. So that's my W. Okay, okay. Huge dub, huge dub. All right. Um, my dub, uh, it's not really like very like a big dub, but I think it's a dub in a way where I think the community has been missing this. Uh the Madden curse is back and that shouldn't be a good thing, but I think uh it's been a couple of years since we've seen it come back creeping around. And this year's Madden cover for Madden twenty four which they always do a year earlier. So it's the 2023 season, but it's Madden 24. This year is Josh Allen. And I thought I just watched Josh Allen's worst game ever. Like I watched that entire game and the, I don't think the Jets had any business winning that game, but I like just saw Josh Allen basically throw that entire game away. And the only reason I could think of is the Madden curse. 
And thank God it didn't come back last year because last year Mahomes was on the cover. So I thought the curse was over, but huge dub for the Madden community. The community, the uh, the Madden curse is back, everybody. I think where you're trying to go with this is let me put it into different like let me put it into good words. We love traditions. Madden curse is a great tradition. We know that as soon as a player dons the cover, mm-hmm. they're fucked. Over. They're getting hurt or they're underperforming. Yep. And when something goes against that narrative, well, then then everything in life gets questioned. Like, well, why do I get up at 5 a.m. every day? Why do I eat this for dinner? Why do I even eat dinner? You know, yeah. you start questioning everything in life. Exactly. So that's why so That's why when, when, when things like this happen, and uh, to be honest, he always struggles against the Jets, so maybe this is one game, but we'll see. Yeah. The curse continues. The con- curse continues on. Then, well, at least some things are right in the world. Exactly. Ain't that right? Yeah. Some things are set in stone. Yes. All right. So, what else is set in stone is Kadarius Tony sucking. He earns my L this week, yeah. and I'm not gonna let a Thursday night game make people forget about what happened on that Thursday night in which he committed three crucial drops. Three drops on its own in any game is worthy of maybe worst player of the week. Yeah. But it's the context of all of those drops. Drop number one went right through his hands into the arms of the defender and taken back for six. So he literally cost his team a touchdown. Like not, not even like inadvertently advertently caused the team a touchdown. Then his second drop was on like a third and two going into field goal range. And he just dropped it. Looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He looked like he didn't even try. Like, so the, I don't know if the Chiefs had to sell for, I think they had to sell for a field goal on that drive. Uh, yeah, they did. They had but, to. I should, it was fourth and two. It was a third and two also. And it hit him right in the hands, but yeah, ridiculous. Um, and then to make matters worse, despite all this, he's got an opportunity to redeem himself by get, he got wide open in the secondary with the Chiefs trying to drive to win the game in field goal range, and he straight drops it. Now, this ball was probably the worst thrown ball out of the three, but it was slightly behind, but it's like, bro, you got to make that catch. Like, wake up. You, You've you fucked up twice in a row. You can't do it three times in a row. And that so that whole game he got clowned upon and rightfully so. And that was bad enough. And then he happens to deactivate his Twitter yeah. because he can't handle the heat. But then he decides on Sunday when the Giants are getting blown out to get back on Twitter to talk back to Giants fans who are talking to him. And it's just like, come on, man. Like you're you're base you're you're trying to like put down the like the fifty year old dude with a huge beer belly who's drink like who's had like five Bud Lights that night. You're putting yourself on the same level as him. Yeah, like wow. it's just a freaking week of L's for Gadarius Tony. I, I dropped him from the one fantasy team I had him on just just because of that. So uh, I I, I, I think it's fully deserved. I would drop him too. That's what I said. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 No longer worth rostering. Get out of here, loser. Literally a loser. 
Loser right. city. Give me an L. All right. So my L, speaking of Giants, um, probably, yeah, that was the worst football I've ever seen on uh, Sunday. The next day on Monday was really good. Everything leading up into it. Um, everybody was hyped at that stadium. And then all of a sudden, the most devastating thing I think happens in an NFL season where a Hall of Fame quarterback just goes down on a simple sack. And I'm like watching the play and like I watched it maybe like 50 times and it just doesn't like obviously you look into it, you see his calf and everything. But like what the fuck is going on with MetLife and injuries? Like I know he was like that was a 400 pound guy like hanging on to like a 40 year old man, right? Basically he's 39, but he's going to be 40 this year. But still like there's there's a difference between when your feet go on grass and then when your feet go on turf. Like your ligaments on grass respond better to the, your ligaments on turf. And like I don't understand what this worldwide this no, I shouldn't say worldwide. Well, maybe it is, but I actually hate like that MetLife is getting shit on because there's always injuries at that stadium. Like w- like what is going on with the turf there? Why is it maybe like there's more games at MetLife, there's more injuries, but like honestly, there's has there has been so many um, instances of teams losing their most valuable player to that specific field. And I don't know where we draw the line and like maybe let's bring back grass. I know it probably costs more money yearly to refurbish it or whatever, but like guys are getting hit harder concussions obviously are going to happen more the speed of the game is faster so why don't we just put grass globally so that's all i have to say about that when the jets and the nfl lose out on all this revenue that they could have had from aaron Rodgers being there the entire season then maybe they'll think about spending the extra money to put grass on their field if this doesn't do it, then it isn't going to happen. And it's already looking like there's there there have been steps in the direction of doing this already, mm-hmm. and it looks like even now, more so, it's going in that direction. It's I do agree though with the fact that this this huge guy fell on on top of him, and the way his foot was planted probably had more to do with his Achilles tearing mm-hmm. than the field itself. But it is a worthwhile subject to bring up. And hell, if this, if this is the catalyst for change, I welcome it. Facts. Uh, so I want to segment actually into, now we're going to go over some NFL week one. There's just so much to talk about. So much happened this week. Yeah. But let's go over the injury really quick. And I just, like, there's there's a lot to say, and I kind of got your initial reaction to it. Um, but let, let's let's talk about this. So, is he is is his career over and is the Jets season over? So let's start with number one. Is this is this the last we see of Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. I mean, he invested so much into the game and I think he still has a love for the game that he wants to be able to go and chase Brady to play till what did Brady play till he's 46? 45. 45. So I think we got like at least two more years of Rodgers, see how he um, 
attacks that Achilles injury because it is a fucking tricky-ass injury. We've seen it with athletes before, especially athletes who are probably 10 times faster, maybe maybe five times more athletic than him. But he's still a dog, and he's still a very good quarterback, one of the best of all time. And I don't think he wants to go out like this. So I think he'll play. Very true. It's, you know, having Aaron Rodgers out there, even if he can't, like, be mobile at all, might be worth it over your average Joe Schmo quarterback just because of his experience and, you know, his arm in general. Um, it's just going to be a matter of whether he wants to go through the rehab himself. And I do think that he doesn't want to go out like this. Uh, like, he, may, he might go through rehab and it might suck, but also consider the fact the injury happened at the very beginning of the season. So yeah. he's literally got 12 months to recover to be ready for week one of next season. I think he'll do it. Uh, But now the Jets are exactly where they didn't want to be. They they set it up so that Zach Wilson had a couple of years to learn under Aaron Rodgers and develop and perhaps make a career out of himself. But now he's thrown right back into the full, right back into New York media. I just, I honestly feel bad for the kid. I I mean, I should be happy for him because he's getting an opportunity. But at the same time, it's like he had his golden opportunity to learn and no one was going to – there was no spotlight on him, anything. Now the spot, spotlight's back on him. Uh, do you think the, the Jets' season is over now or do you think that defense can hold it up for them? I think they definitely have a championship defense. I And I also think you saw it on Monday night. Like, Wilson looked, like, a little bit more comfortable than usual. Like, I didn't think he, like – Maybe he was shocked, like obviously shocked in the beginning, but I feel like as the game went on, like he got more comfortable and like didn't make any really dumb decisions, like held on to the football when he needed to, throw it, threw it away when he needed to. But I think the the Jets uh, season is very much alive. I compare it to um, the 2010 season. Uh, I think they have a better defense now, and they basically have a rookie quarterback, which is like uh, Mark Sanchez. Uh, a Jace, which is Zach Wilson, but I think Zach Wilson is way more athletic and I think has a better arm. So I'd love to see where the Jets are in a couple weeks, but definitely don't count this team out. And their division's very tough, so we'll see what happens. But regardless, huge win versus Buffalo, huge division win, definitely huge tiebreakers down the road. So let's That's see how that. you do it. Yeah, let's see if that defense keep keep them in it. Uh, the Giants didn't play defense or offense or special suck on Sunday night. Uh, I don't I don't think any of us were expecting to be that bad. No. But the question is was it as bad as we saw on Sunday night? Is this what we're expecting from this team this season or do you think the result was a bit fluky? Um I mean like as a fan I want to say it's definitely fluky. I mean you have a a center, a rookie center um, starting and then blocking against, I guess, one of the best D lines in the the NFL. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of negative, but there's definitely positive. I think they can't get any worse than what we just saw. Um, <laughs> like, they can't get any worse. So, it was also raining, but, like, I'm not going to make excuses here. They got their ass absolutely handed to them. And they just started out so good, whereas to that blocked field goal, just totally took all the momentum away. And if you could have thought of any worse um, start to a game 
that's what it would look like. So they just I think the game got away from them really quick. Um, they could still move the ball like that line up front. It's a long season. They'll figure it out, but they definitely don't look like a playoff team. I saw some great things on that first drive. I was really excited for this team. And then, yeah, yeah the, it was the, the false start penalty and then the botch snap. Two, two kind of, like, had nothing to do with play calling or anything. It's just, like, undisciplined fundamentals fucked up. And then the game just, you know, unlucky pick six, which, hey, maybe it was a hospital pass. Uh, but the game just got away from the – the game plan got totally wrecked. Yeah. What I worry, what I worry about most, I'm excited. I was excited about this offensive line coming into the year because they played well last year, and Evan Neal is going into his second year. We saw how Andrew Thomas developed going into his second year, but it didn't look like Evan Neal, who was going against Micah Freakin Parsons, but it didn't look like he developed at all. No. Uh, if that is a theme that continues throughout the year, and we'll have to watch this week because the Cardinals displayed a pretty good pass rush in their Week One loss, you know. If it doesn't improve this week, if it doesn't improve against the Cardinals, we're doomed. It's I, yeah. Neil has to develop because we spent such high draft capital on him, and we need this line to be good because we don't have receivers that can make up for it. Nope. That too. Yeah, so this it's it's not a great start for the Giants, but they have the most get right of all get right games this week. So hopefully they right the ship. Um, yeah. But there's a lot of teams that. Are looking to write this ship this coming week. A lot of good teams struggled, even in wins, they struggled. Um, first, let's talk about a struggling team that you think is most likely to stay there. Someone that disappointed this week, and you think that's going to be a theme throughout the season. Um, one team that I definitely want to shout out is, and I hope it's not true because I, I actually like. I want to see this team do good, but even though the Broncos only lost by one, like, are are they going to be a football team that you look at and you're like, oh, wow, these guys can definitely beat us? Or are you just going to look at the Broncos as like, it'll be a tough game, but we're going to win, like, regardless? Because I think that that team could definitely go south very quick. I don't want to count anybody out just yet because it's week one. But if I were to say see a team that's going to struggle, I think it is the Broncos because just injuries and not new everything. So I'm going to go with the Broncos. Yeah, and the, and, the, and it's going to take a little bit of time for them to acclimate to Sean Payton's system. Exactly. But the the playmakers just aren't aren't there right now, and I don't think the Raiders are a great team. So not a good not a good game to lose week no. one at home. Yeah, um, especially at home. Yeah, I, I picked against this team for on our pick'em last week, and that'd be the Chicago Bears. I didn't expect them to look as bad as they did, but I'm honestly convinced after watching that game that we the Chicago Bears are going to have one of the worst records in the NFL again this year. Okay. Uh, yeah, and there are a few reasons for that. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of reasons for it. So let me start off with saying the offensive line is still atrocious. Uh, they have a few injuries up there, but every team does. Their their depth is horrendous. They still can't block for Fields, mm-hmm. but Fields himself doesn't look like he's developed. We saw all these flashy plays last year of him breaking all these tackles, running all over the place. And he's a superb athlete, 
But when it comes to being a pocket passer and leading a team as the quarterback, he's not making the plays. He's holding the ball way too long in the pocket. He doesn't feel pressure correct. He's he doesn't go through his reads. Like he'll he'll go through his reads like two, three times, and then before you know it, he's swarmed in the pocket. So he's gotta have like some sort of elite offensive line to have a chance. Yeah. And then they made all these signings on the defensive side, especially those two linebackers. Where were they? You saw Aaron Jones running free up the middle. You saw like Luke Musgrave got open on that 50 yard catch where he was just nowhere to be found. It was and tough to watch. He just clumsy falls over. The fact that they got embarrassed at home by a division rival, uh, I'm, I think of all teams, the relative expectation, I, I think the Bears should be the ones with the littlest hope among all those teams. I I mean, yeah, I agree. They got to get a fucking O-line there. Like, that team looks so bad. I don't know how they were favorited. Yeah, it made, made no sense. Uh, but there's other teams that struggled, but will, you know, flukes happen all the time in week one. Which team do you think they're – Week one struggles are a fluke, and they'll bounce back throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, you know how I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Like, obviously, they threw – like, they were up six uh, against the Lions, and I'm not saying the Lions are, like, uh, uh, a shitty team, but, like, I'm definitely saying, like, they wish they had that one back. All they had to do was make a stop, and maybe if there wasn't a, six, a pick six, they'd have they'd be up two scores. Um Defense definitely couldn't get it done in the end, and that's definitely what they've been talking about probably all this week, especially they have to go and play the Jaguars, who's definitely, I think, a better team than the Lions, especially offensively after what we saw this this past week. Um, They got Chris Jones back. They got Kelsey back. So hopefully they put their money where their mouth is, and um, Chris Jones plays to the ability where he's a Hall of Fame uh, defensive tackle, and then Kelsey – even though he has a bruised knee, he fucking takes over and becomes a game changer like he always has. And I'm not going to give up on fucking Tony because you cannot give up on a player like that because I still think he has the raw talent and ability to make the fucking plays. Dude, almost won Super Bowl MVP with that punt return touch. Punt return. Um, uh, and almost, almost scored. Um, you have to have it's faith in him. Yeah. All he has to do is catch the fucking ball. Like literally just, just catch the ball have more than one yards receiving, and we're good. They're the Chiefs always do this. They're they're working with a new offensive coordinator with um, Matt Nagy, who was the quarterbacks coach last year. So they're gonna have to get used to a lot of things, and there's gonna have to be a receiver to step up. They're rotating six guys, so it's a rocky week one, but I think week two will be better for them. I like that pick. It's always a good bet to bet on Andy Reid coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bengals are a team that was on the cusp of being in the Super Bowl last year, and they started off slow. They were 0-2 last year. They started off the season, and they always seem to lose to the Browns. I even called Yeah, not the worried upset. about them. I even called the upset on the show. Um, Burrow's got to get healthy. I, I didn't think he was healthy last week. It showed he's got to get healthy, but he will. He'll get a health eventually. T. Higgins isn't going to get eight targets every game and capture zero of them. It's just not going to happen. For whatever reason, the Browns have their number, just like the Jets have the Bills number for whatever reason. Yeah. Just like the Rams have the Seahawks number. Like, it's, I think the Bengals will rebound eventually. I don't know if it'll be this week. Might take a few weeks. But 
they're still a Super Bowl contender in my eyes. I just think that they played a sloppy weather game and it just wasn't their week. So yeah. I see them bouncing back for sure. Now, I agree. now let's reverse the roles a little bit. So let's talk about a team that had a good week, but the results were fluky and you expect things to go south from here. Um, one team that definitely stands out. Um, what the hell? I think I'm going to go with the, hmm, probably the Rams, the Rams right there, just winning right off the bat against the Seahawks who the Seahawks were missing their tackles. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think Aaron Donald is definitely a, a game wrecker. But I'm definitely going to go with it. the Rams are definitely fluky. Like, Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. I think the Seahawks definitely came out flat in the second half of that game. Um, but the Rams, like, they they just don't have a good roster. Like, besides Donald and, and Matthew Stafford, like, who else on that roster is making, like, prolific plays? It's Again, it's just week one, and I keep saying that, but I think the Rams are definitely a fluke. I could I could see that. And like I said, they, they seem to have the Seahawks number for whatever reason. It happened mm -hmm. last year where the Rams were a much worse team on both sides of the ball, and they kept the games close every time. Uh, so I agree with that result. Um, and I don't think that – I think the Buccaneers have an opportunity to be a very overrated team after this, after this week. Yeah. Uh, they – the Vikings made so many mistakes to shoot themselves in the foot in that game. Kirk Cousins with an interception and a fumble near near the red zone. Turnovers, two consecutive drives. And look, I love Baker as a competitor. I know you. I I saw. I know you saw that video of him talking shit to the DB. Like, yeah. yo, get off me, boy. I love <laughs> Baker yeah. North High trash talk, but um, overall, he just he wasn't very good. And the offensive line is is still a mess. And I think the Vikings were just the better team overall in that game. And now they go and they're going to play the Bears, and they'll probably, I think they'll win that game too. Definitely. Uh, but I don't necessarily think it makes the Bucks like NFC South contenders or anything. I mean, they might hang around the division a little bit, but. Yeah, it's uh, such a shitty division. I, yeah. The, the Baker's going to have his struggles, just like um, Burrow had his struggles. He's going to get better. Burrow, Baker had a nice game, but we're going we're gonna to see the reason why so many teams have been willing to let him go. It's gonna it's gonna come up. I I agree. All right. And lastly, team that had a great week, and you think it's a sign of things to come. Oh my god, it the dolphins. I think I think the dolphins fucking like balled out. Like maybe JC Jackson had money on the dolphins, but I think like the dolphins have such an elite offense. Uh their defense stepped up in a huge way. Um, the Chargers maybe shot themselves in the foot a couple of times, but I think the Dolphins are scary good, and I think two is an elite quarterback. Um, yeah, he has Tyreek and Waddle like really fast receivers, but like he makes those plays, like he makes those throws, like he has a strong he has a strong arm, and I think people are really counting him out because they think he has CTE, but. That CTE, I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I think two is a real deal, and he might be the AFC East um, division champion if he keeps playing like this. 
Yeah, it helps when you have the best receiver on the planet right now playing with you. That too. Tyree, unbelievable. He might actually get 2,000 yards this year. I, was, yeah, I agree. I, offensive MVP. It was absolutely incredible to watch. And you know, lots lots of really great results from teams. I do think that the Dallas Cowboys uh, showed they have a legit defense, but I do think some fluky plays went their way a little bit. But how about total end-to-end domination by the San Francisco 49ers against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I picked the Steelers. Um, at yeah. least thinking it would be a more competitive game. You're not the only one. The, the, I mean, the Steelers looked great in the preseason. It turns out it didn't matter at all, like it never does. Um, but the 49ers dominated from end to end. On offense, they looked their click on all cylinders, put that game to bed early. Ayuk was falling over Patrick Pearson, embarrassed him. And that defense just showed no mercy. Uh, with, with Bozen now in the fold for the season, I think the 49ers are the NFC clear-cut favorites right now to reach the Super Bowl. Yeah, they haven't skipped a beat. I totally agree. All right, but we ain't skipping a beat either. We're about to hit our NFL picks. But before we get to our NFL picks, Chuck, hit us with some quick college football locks. All right, so right off the bat, quick, I got four picks for you. I'm I'm three and three in college. So I got LSU minus nine and a half against Mississippi State. Notre Dame is going to kill Central Michigan. So I got them at minus 34 and a half. Colorado plays very late at night against Colorado State. Uh, they're going to kill them, hang up a 50-burger. Colorado minus 22 and a half. And then finally, Washington, Michael Penis Jr. Play, <laughs> Washington plays Michigan State. Uh, fucking fade the shit out of Michigan State because there's some shit going on there. I don't know if you heard, but the whole coach sexual assault, or I don't have no idea, but it's hazy over there. Fade Michigan State, final pick, Washington minus 16 and a half. Yeah, bad vibes over there. I don't have a college football pick, so I'm just going to tell Colorado because love Deion Sanders. Yes. All right. So let's let's ride that. Let's ride some NFL picks. Uh, first pick on the on the board, we got the Ravens versus the Bengals. Big division matchup, rematch of last year's playoff matchup. The Bengals are three and a half point home favorites. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to pick the Ravens. Um, I think that Lamar's ready to go. They looked a little rocky against a, a Houston team that's not very good. But I think that they that uh, the Ravens always play good against the Bengals. And I think Joe Burrow's line um, is going to have uh, a lot to uh, recover from last week. And I think still think that they're going to trouble uh, struggle this week uh, because it doesn't look like they were on the same page whatsoever, even though it was raining. Like in even though that the Browns have Miles Garrett, but I still think that Bengals O line is questionable. Yeah, I agree with that. First of all, shout out to myself for going three and two in my first week to pick. So first positive week on the board. I'm gonna go. keep it going next week. I got the Ravens as well to cover this spread. I I until Burrow proves that he is healthy, I'm fading him mm-hmm. because uh, I just think he's trying to shake off this injury, and it's not looking good. I think it'll come into form eventually, but. The Ravens have revenge on their mind this game from from last year. And, you know, injuries might have people looking the other way, but I don't think J.K. Dobbins was that much of a difference maker at the running back position. I think they got other guys. Uh, So I like the Ravens to cover in this one. Chiefs at Jaguars. Another playoff rematch this week. This might be my favorite of the 1 o'clock slate. Uh, But who you got, if I even have to ask? Uh, Chiefs minus three. Chris Jones is back. Kelsey, hopefully, probably maybe not going to play every snap, but 
he's going to be in there. They're going to be wary of that. Um, I won't be surprised if the Jags come out and win because they have revenge on their mind. But I know Andy Reid has always something cooking the next week after a loss, so I can't count them out. Yeah, uh, I find this game very 50-50. It's the most difficult game to call of the week, which is why I put it up here. Yeah. And I do think that's a good chance the Chiefs rebound with those players coming back. But I'm going to go with the Jags, and I have two angles on this. The first one you mentioned already, revenge. I think the Jags circled this game on the calendar as soon as it came out on the schedule. Yeah, and they're going to try to get revenge. Doug Peterson's going to throw the book at them. But another thing that you might not have thought about, playing in the humid heat in Florida in September is always challenging for any road team. So uh, if the Chiefs have to wear their dark jerseys, they might melt under the pressure. It's a legitimate thing. So uh, I like the Jags with the hook in there to at least cover the spread. I like it. And then we're going to go for a divisional matchup in the AFC with the Chiefs and the Texans. The Colts and the Texans, two teams starting rookie quarterbacks, uh, two teams we really don't know what to expect from this year, at least quite yet. But who do you like in this game? Um, Check the injury report. Uh, Richardson's ready to go. Coach said he's fine. So I'm going with uh, AR-15 for the win. So I have to. Like, he looked really – I think he looked really good. That Colts O line isn't the best, but they have like one of the best uh, left guards in the game. Uh, Quint, um, whatever I forgot his name is. Um, Quinn Nelson. Yes, Quinn Nelson. Uh, no, shout out Notre Dame. So take an AR fifteen. Yeah, I think AR was the best looking of all the rookie quarterbacks, but I think the Texans defense, the way that they swarmed Lamar and forced him to turnovers, was un- an underrated aspect of that game. Just the offense mm. wasn't clicking at all. But I see this as a low-scoring, grinded-out kind of game. And I think Richardson might be hurt. And I think that will limit his performance. I have the Texans winning by a score like 14 to 13. I like it. Okay. Let's go into our locks. What's your lock of the week, Chuck? So my lock of the week, I actually I have three. So obviously Chiefs minus three. I love the Raiders plus nine and a half at the Bills. I don't know what it is with this Raiders team, but I was just thinking the other day they got Josh McDaniels, Jimmy Garoppolo. He used to be on the Patriots when Josh McDaniels is there. I think their system, I think they got that system locked down. And I think the Bills defensive line is not that good. I think the Raiders can definitely do a lot on offense against this team. The Jets ran all over the Bills. So I'm thinking the Raiders could definitely do something up front and attack them vertically uh, with Adams and fucking Jacoby Myers, who went off, um, who knows that offense. And I think Josh Allen is still under the Madden curse seeing ghosts. So I think the Raiders will get some turnovers that give them an opportunity to win this game. But like plus nine and a half, that's a lot of points. So taking Raiders plus nine and a half. And I also have... Packers minus one and a half against the Falcons. I think the Falcons are just shitty. And I think you're right, Shoop. The Packers look really fucking good. And I think they could definitely beat that team at the Falcons. Yeah, that'll be a, a game to watch. Very tight spread there for understandable reasons. Uh, my lock and my upset are kind of interchangeable. I really didn't know what to do. They're both Monday night games. So first, I'm going to go with my lock, which is the Steelers plus two and a half at home against the Browns. Talk about an overreaction. The Steelers were favored in this game before week one happened. And now the Browns won a sloppy over game against a team they always beat. 
and the Steelers played maybe the best team in the NFL, got their ass beat. But I think the Steelers are better coached, just better overall roster. And uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson played all that well. He's going to have to to beat this defense. So Facts. I love the Steelers. They're, they might be my play of the month, honestly, plus two and a half. Okay, um, I like that. I love my ride. Yes, and I also like the other Monday night game, the Panthers to upset the Saints. Did you know that the Saints are like 3-11 in like the first two weeks of the season or something in the last – or at least at the spread. They're 3-11 at Against the spread. spread. Okay. The first two weeks of the season the past seven years. Um, and thank, thank you, first of all. Thank you, Mike Vrabel, for kicking that field goal to get that cover for me. Oh, my God. It's insane. Like, he shouldn't have done that, but thanks for the cover. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go again upset. I uh, The Pampers winning outright. Um I just Saints are overrated to me. And the Panthers, I think they, they did things right, but they just succumbed like late in the game to like bad run defense. But the Saints, you know, oh the Falcons had pass rush. Saints have no pass rush. The only reason that they won that game was because Tannehill played the worst game of his life. Yeah. I love the Panthers to win an upset. And let's cap it off. What is your upset? Oh, my upset. Um I'm gonna go, I don't know, su- Sunday night football. I'm feeling the Patriots at home against the Dolphins. I don't know what they did last week, but I don't know. I feel like they're going to find – Belichick always finds a way to shut down your best player. They're going to find a way to bracket Tyreek. Maybe Wallow has a breakout game and goes for the, the same yardage that Tyreek did the week before. But I feel like the Patriots can pull out a win at home, and Mac Jones doesn't look that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or two gets concussed and just yeah, and then they pull out the win. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Shoot. I'm Chuck. Go and Ravens. We are rolling again to another week of NFL season. Subscribe to our YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. And until next week, see ya. Like and comment. Like and comment. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Let's go. Comment and like. Comment and subscribe and like and then comment. And then yes. and then DM me for locks. <laughs> Killer episode, fam. Let's go. Yes. So what does that say? Self poor Jedi I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking a beer. Self poor.